Welcome to episode 39, everyone. Diaret, Konistantu, Garamahagat, Ishmisha, Aaron Edwards. Hello, good day. Thank you so much for coming. My name is Aaron Edwards. This is episode 39 of Inspiring Insights. I am overjoyed. Like, you know, just having Rebecca here and all the lovely people that I have already known and shared space with, with Rebecca, um, what a fabulous way to begin this podcast recording. And a very special thanks to Juniper Naturopathic Clinic uh, in Fort McMurray for sponsoring this episode. Just want to give them a little shout out. Um, if you would personally like to sponsor an episode or if you uh, know if your business or company would like to, get them in touch with me, please. <laughs> um, a little bit about me before we start. I'm an uprooted Newfoundlander. I have Irish and Welsh uh, heritage. I'm the offspring of two teachers and I am currently offering a retreat coming up for the summer solstice. It's called Midsummer Mind and I'm going to share with you all a little discount code for that. It's on June 20th. Um, I'll put that in the chat later. And for everyone here watching the replay, I will put it down below in the comments. Um, physically, I take up space here in Takaronto. It's uh, a land that is so, so beautiful and I'm happy to call home. I want to honor the folks and the nations that have lived here and still live here and have cared for the land. The Anishinaabek, uh, the Chippewa, the Wendat, the Haudenosaunee, and the Mississaugas of the Credit. And I'm a newcomer and a settler here. I have been invited to lift the Dish With One Spoon in this land uh, covered by the Dish With One Spoon Wampum Belt Treaty. And as a part of that, I commit to respectful collaboration, representation, diversification here on this podcast. And just as I have been invited to lift that spoon, I invite us all now to take up that spoon and, and to start thinking about ways in which we can move forward in peace and collaboration uh, with all the nations that take up space here in Turtle Island now and around the world as we move into this new, um, maybe post-pandemic, I don't know what to call it, <laughs> this, this new world uh, that we're living in and that we're helping kind of birth into. Podcasts, I, I think podcasts have so much potential for healing and I'm so excited to be having this conversation that we're gonna be having tonight on shamanic breathwork and I can't wait to introduce my guest. So before I introduce Rebecca, I uh, just want to let you all know that this is a live recording. Um, please ask questions or you know make comments in the chat as you go. Same goes for anyone watching the replay. Please, I love reading your comments, um, anything and everything, uh, any you know thoughts and insights that you have that you've been inspired to write. Uh, Please allow them to come through as we go. And without further ado, Rebecca Llewellyn. So, so happy to have you here, Rebecca. Uh, let me read your bio first and then we'll get right into it. So Rebecca is a shamanic practitioner, a breathwork practitioner, a Reiki master, intuitive coach and channel. Rebecca is also a sister of the land of the dancing deer part of the executive council and passionately advocating to create a healing village and sanctuary for the residents of Six Nations in Southern Ontario and the surrounding community. 
Rebecca is passionate about holding space for others so that they may tap into their own healing journey and claim their authentic blueprint. She's a non-Indigenous Canadian committed to truth and reconciliation who lives on the traditional territories of the Erie, Neutral, Yurun-Wendat, Haudenosaunee, and Mississaugas. This land is covered by the dish with once been wampum belt treaty and she's proud to call Hamilton home. Welcome, Rebecca. Mm, thank you, Erin. Thank you so much. I have, I feel like, okay, for all the world out there, I have not ever met Rebecca in person. Okay, this has been a total, uh, po you know, pandemic friendship and guidance network that we've created together. And I love, love, love what um, you have to offer to the world, Rebecca. I know, uh, you know, your bio says a lot about you, but maybe tell us a little bit more about your background and, and how you came and stepped into this being that you are in now. Mm, thank you. And before we begin going into that background, I just want to honor the journey you have been on and the journeys we continue to be on that we will walk side by side as we do. Um, and thank you for inviting me. It's always so exciting. I'm like, oh, people want to talk to me? What do I have to say? Um, wow, okay. Well, it's been a long journey. I'm 46 years old and um, really stepped into service about 15 years ago. Well, about 30, around 30. Um, in a more in a in a conscious way wanting to learn more i had always sort of been open but i'd get afraid i'd be afraid of what i was receiving or feeling and so i'd shut down so you, you know i'd be awake for a couple of years and i'd shut it down and i'd open up again and then i'd shut it down um and it was it was around 30 that i was that's it i'm starting to commit to this path uh, the first medicine I learned was Reiki. That was the, and it's the entrance for many of us into modalities because it starts, it's an attunement, right? You start to, your channels start to open up and you're starting to get some guidance. And, and um, you know, that, that was really the beginning of more of the formal trainings for me to just sort of understand the structures. And, and then Reiki very quickly morphed into other things for me. I was always very attuned to the upper realms and, you know, angelic beings. I was very at home and comfortable with the angelic beings. I had a fear of the shadow. I had a fear of the concept of shamanism. I had a fear of anything that didn't have wings, basically, or that were, you know, an ascended master. Um, and so I was very much only, and, and I think most practitioners are this way when they first step into their service, we're working only in the upper realms. We're working with only half of what we've got. Um, and it was my own personal health journey, frankly, that led me through where I am today. And when Western medicine was failing me, 
I had to start exploring other ways. And it was my natural path who introduced me to Reiki. I was like, what is this said Reiki, right? So it was, it was really a journey through my own physical health um, that has led me here. I stepped into shamanism four years ago, going on five maybe now. That changed my life. It changed my life. It changed. It was like somebody stuck me in a rocket ship and blew me to the moon. Wow. Everything. What happened was all of a sudden my commitment really deepened. I got comfortable in the shadow. I started to understand how to alchemize the shadow. I started to come in relation with the earth, which led me to an, a bigger understanding of the relation of others. Mm -hmm. There's something that happens when we step into earth-based wisdom. It allows us to see the concept of all my relations, right? So balance is everything. Our healing is about balance in centeredness um and and that just blew my channels open even further so that's not probably a very <laughs> coherent journey but that's been the reader's digest version on the on the on the on the practical side um keep in mind you know i i was in and out of these like moments of seeing things feeling things doing things i was a cruise director i was on ships for eight years i mean i was a performer i was a musical theater kid you know like and then when i came back to land i came back to toronto at the end of 2006 i, I was working you know in a national not-for-profit doing like always in the corporate i was working with like celebrities and corporate accounts across the country then i moved to like the most expensive private school in canada like i was always i was in a very structured um, container of, of earning and working, thinking, very corporate, um, mindset. And I was like this closeted person in, I was in this spiritual closet, if you will. Right. Like, but I remember with my colleagues, we'd hide and they'd have a headache or something like, let me just put my hands on you. And I'd take them to like, we had this like spot upstairs, we were at, on Spadina or whatever. And we had like a third level and I we were like, it was storage and like, just lie down and I'll just put them. And I would do like, I would hide the work I was doing on people at the office. Secret Reiki. <laughs> secret Reiki. Um, secret things like that, right? And 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 then um, my, my uh, I was the, I was the director of development at Appleby College of all places. Um, and my my boss, who I got to travel with a lot, we were in China quite often. I came out to him because I couldn't, you're, you're spending so much time together and I'd be seeing things and, or I'd be so exhausted and my, I had a very hard time being in that country. Um, I understand the reasons why now, but my, my soul was always trying to leave my body. As soon as we land, I would, I would struggle to stay in my physical container and I'd be in a, I'd be in a cab and I'd have to say to my boss, 
I need you to just put your hands right there and just kind of like squeeze me, call me back home right now. Cause I'd be like, and I could feel myself leaving. So it's like you, you slowly come out because you're, I was living in two worlds for so long. Um, and then they just start to merge and people just accept, they just accepted me. And, and then I, I, um, I took a, another role to be closer to home so I could go deeper into my own, um, studies so I could serve and it was in the corporate world it would have been seen as sort of like a lateral move maybe even a bit of a demotion because it wasn't as fancy a school and I I wasn't going to be staying in the five-star hotels around the world but in in this office I had my directions like they were like I had this, I knew exactly where the north was. I knew where where the water was. I, I knew where, you know, like I had mini altars in that space. I had huge bunches of lavender hanging, like, and people just thought it was a really, really Zen space, right? They had no idea that all of my shamanic principles were being applied within <laughs> the office space. So here we are today. Like it, it was a journey for me to find, um, to find the courage to step into it full time. I would, I was a weekend and evening practitioner for a very long time, mm. very long time. And I think, I mean, a lot of us, and a lot of folks that are in my audience are the same way. Mm. They're half in the closet still. Yeah. Um, and especially, you know, in a world I think where the, you know, the general public <laughs> doesn't really encourage or society doesn't really encourage what is happening to us. You know, mm -hmm. even Donna Eden, um, the author of the book, Energy Medicine, she says that she thinks that all babies are born with sight, that all people mm -hmm. can see auras, of but course. because we don't encourage it, it's just a different language that we lose. Yeah. Mm. And thank you for sharing a little bit more about your, your own personal background story. I, I resonate with you so much, like that merging of the two lanes, you know, and in Pride Month of all months, um, yeah, you know, yeah. coming out, like not, not being closeted anymore and just, just being okay with that. Oh, absolutely. And just let's honor this month for a moment. I'm going to burn some medicine because it's, it's Pride Month, it's National Indigenous Peoples History Month. And I found this most incredible image I sent to my community. And it was, it was an indigenous, a two-spirited indigenous artist who had done um, each feather is a different color, and it just merged both. You know, it was just wonderful. Mm. So I'm just burning some some medicine to honor that. Just take a breath here. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that. And for, you know, for creating a little bit of, even if it's just one moment for us and the mm. audience to really settle into that. I, I want to touch on so many things that you talked about the shadow, earth-based wisdom, just, yeah, being able to honor the directions wherever you are. And, and mm -hmm. it's almost like a knowing where you are in space, you know, yes. in a way. Um, but I do want to, first of all, for folks who don't, uh, who probably don't understand, and I'm not really sure 100% mm -hmm. either, the difference between, because uh, you call yourself a shamanic practitioner, 
mm-hmm. versus a shaman and mm-hmm. what maybe that, that looks like in the day-to-day or in your business? So most, first off, you know, most, most shamans will probably would never step into that language because there's some ego around it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm also very cognizant of who I am and I take shamanic principles that I've been taught and shared and apply them and, you know, but I'm no authority on anything, Erin, but this is what I've learned and this is what I know and this is what I'll share with you. What I've witnessed and what I understand, uh, first off, a shaman, a medicine person is someone who supports their community. They support the healing of their community. They support the the healing of their community members. So they're about holding that community, looking after their community, giving their community strength. And very often a, a, a shaman has come from a lineage, their father or mother. You know, it's it's come through that bloodline or they may have had a massive initiation mm-hmm. that has you know been through illness or near death experience an absolute cracking open it could also be they spent you know 3 years in the jungle in dieta with a tribe or they've spent you know 3 years in the north with a certain nation learning, 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 and then handed those rights. Um, But that language should never be, you know, used lightly. And I am very sensitive to witnessing many people calling themselves shamans or neo-shamans that maybe aren't quite there yet. (laughs) I'm not one of them. I am not. I am someone who practices shamanic practice. So I've been taught and trained. You know, I am a member of the foundation of shamanism. I'm, uh, or Michael Harner's foundation, probably not saying it correctly. I do the practices, I do extractions, I do soul retrievals, I do, you know, your typical shamanic sessions. Um, using the tools and all of those things, but I am, I am not a shaman. I, I would say I'm a medicine woman because I carry medicine. I know the medicines I carry, they're coded in me, you know, and they continue to be coded in me. And it's, it's um, you know, we all carry medicine. And so even by us having this conversation, the combination of our frequencies together, we're creating a special kind of medicine and it's going to have an impact on somebody tonight or whoever listens. And they're gonna receive what they need. Um, so yeah, does that land? Yeah, thank you. And I I wanted to ask you that because I, yeah, I exactly that you said. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of strength in the word 
um, shaman and to, to, you know, step into that role, I think is, you know, what you said, very, uh, it, it takes a lot of initiation, right? And, or through bloodline or what have you. Yeah. And the nuance of today's, yeah, neo-spirituality <laughs> that runs so deep and it, it's difficult to discern sometimes. Yes. Who, who's who and where's where and in a way I feel weird for judging them you know what I mean yeah. but also it's important to know it's your the discernment background. yeah yeah hundred percent I I feel my ego go in check it's partially sometimes my ego and partially it's just it's just not safe boundaries but there's a lot of people who are now breathwork practitioners and they're like shamanic breathwork ceremony are you but so uh, like that just leaves me with so many like I, I don't even know where to start mm -hmm. when we use that language are you whole are you really holding the space are you prepared if you are if you're not trained or if you not a not have a personal practice of opening a space shamanically but you play with that are you prepared to deal with the consequences Right. And right. that can leave a lot of folks who are in that space vulnerable. Yeah. I see this in the plant medicine world a lot. And yeah. I get quiet. It's why I've, I've added integration support as a service. Because I get clients who are left in this space of psychosis. Because there's these neo-medicine people who are not you know, part of holding space. Yes, absolutely, Bunny. It all, it, it does. And it's overwhelming sometimes the responsibility. I, and it brings me to my knees sometimes because there are days when I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I'm, I'm tired. And Spirit's like, oh, no, no, honey, you, you keep going. Okay. But, it, you know, holding space is so, so vast. It's such a superpower. But that also includes if you're working with, let's say, a plant medicine. Do you take? Are you doing intake forms? Do you have the medical history? Do you know if that person had an addiction issue, or do you know if that person has any potential traumas that may come up? Okay, do you have an aftercare plan? Like, <laughs> there are practical pieces that need to be applied. That is part of holding space, right? Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I totally agree, Bunny. Absolutely. Yeah. It, Sorry. So, go ahead. no, no, it's, 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 and it's, it's interesting because I'm always having to keep myself in check. It's like, I go, Rebecca, is that your ego? Or I'm like, oh, I it just, if I feel afraid for the, the person that might be in that space, well, and here's the thing, Erin, I don't know if this happens in your practice, but I get those people that don't, they, they end up coming to me and then you're trying to help them come back together again, right? Yeah. For me, I, the clients that are attracted are actually folks similarly, but who have gotten a Reiki attunement. So who actually, actually practice Reiki mm. um, and, and are feeling like too open, like their chakras mm. are totally open and, and it didn't like again like almost what you said like psychosis in a way you know it's 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 overwhelming for someone to feel that way and reiki you know is 
a certification and then for a lot of folks who don't continue on to the next levels there's almost no communication afterwards with your master unless you're really close you know or have established that can we talk about that for a please second? oh my goodness yes <laughs> so and this is my this is my thing not all reiki practitioners or reiki masters are created equal yeah and there are a lot I have been so blessed. My Reiki master, I don't like the language around it. Like I, I do have issue around master, like because we, you know, we're, we're sharing. But um, I have been so blessed with the level of integrity and ethics from all of my teachers in any modality. And my Reiki practitioner master was my very first teacher in that regard that she wouldn't even teach you unless you were already a student, like you were already a client. You had to be receiving and go doing your own healing. That was my first lesson. Are you doing your own healing? I had to be committed as a, as, as a client going through my own stuff for six months before she would consider passing anything on. And that really stuck with me and, and I'm really, and yet, they're a weekend warrior. Go and get your, go get it online. Go like, to yeah. me, that is the issue. We have lost the integrity of all of these modalities, right? And, and so it's the integrity of, and discernment's a big part of this. And so it's leaving people open because A, if you've never had a Reiki session before, and all of a sudden now you're certified, you're like, what the is going on with, right? Like, yeah. so it, it's so important, like integrity, ethics, and humility is so key. I'm actually doing a, I'm going to be launching a course this summer for, for young practitioners. And this is a, what it's about, because I'm just seeing so much of this. Because if you know that someone is really open, if you've just attuned someone and you know that they're feeling off and you know that they're maybe not going to the next level, well, then you need to balance them out. You need to bring them back into home. They can't, they're going to, they're not even going to get on the streetcar properly because they're going to be off. Yeah. That just gets my goat. It's like, it gets me so riled up. A hundred percent. And I, I hear it in podcasts too. I'm hearing people talk about plant medicines and, mm -hmm. you know, I, I understand and I, I globalization isn't necessarily a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but I really, yeah, like you spoke to this piece of integrity and yeah, Tati, you agree. I, there's this sense of we need to be in touch a little bit more. And if, even if it is calling you, you know, what mm -hmm. is that medicine? And why? And why? why? Yes. Don't just do it. Oh, I'm adding this to my resume. Oh, here I go. Right. It's like, why? Yeah. Why? What's the resonance? Why is it making your soul sing? Why do you feel it in your bones? Yeah. It's a big, big piece, and I'm happy we touched on that. Um, I want to change gears a little bit because you did talk about your shamanic breath work and other folks talking about shamanic breath work, and you, you know, the sessions that you laid are shamanic breath work. Can, yeah. can we, you know, dissect that a little bit yeah. and maybe talk about that? What that like? Even what a session looks like? I know I've been to one and. 
Um, I want you to come to an in-person one, Erin. Oh my goodness, I can't even. I, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for that. Very excited. So, you know, it's so funny. When I first got certified, what is it, two years ago now, I tried so hard to be like that mainstream breathwork practitioner, to be like the cool kid, you know. And it's so funny because like one of my closest girlfriends, she's like the hottest thing and one of the hottest things in breathwork in Toronto. And we've got like 15 years between us, but we're like tight as thieves. And um, she is that girl. She's like cool and hip and, you know, everybody's like tweeting about her and Instagramming about her. And she's just like, this, this, she's just awesome. And it's fun. And yet it's beautiful and gentle and all those things. So I was really trying to be that. I was trying to be something that I wasn't actually. And so it felt clunky when I was offering breath work. I started to slowly, again, come out as me. And I started with bringing my altar cloth. Like this is in a group session, right? Cause I was only starting to foray into the virtual realm. I'd bring my altar cloth. I'd put some pieces on the altar. And then I started bringing my tools, my drum, my rattles. And then I started and then that was going nicely. And then I was like, I'm going to open with prayer. And it just morphed into a ceremony. Mm. So you don't come for the contact high because some people are doing that. Some people are using breath work for the contact high. And it's really, that's not what it's meant for. You may experience that, but it's really meant for something so much richer. And the moment I allowed myself, I, I was just so afraid that people would judge because <laughs> they've come for breath work. But that, I found, I found my way of delivering this medicine. Um, and it was, it's just beautiful. So the way I practice shamanic breath work, and it is different virtual from in person in terms of group. One-on-one um, -on -one is different as well, right? Because I'm just zoning in and it's all, that person's getting a, a treatment. Basically, if it's a one-on-one -on -one session, shamanic breath work, they're breathing. And when we get to the peak, I'm really going in and I'm just doing work on them shamanically. Mm -hmm. uh, and I come in and out to cue them. I, I never fully leave them. So I'm not really, I won't be channeling in that space because I have to be present, keep an eye on any traumas that come forward or anything that may get triggered, but uh, it's a really emerging of the two modalities on a one-on-one -on -one session, really potent. But when I'm serving breath work in a shamanic breath work ceremony, I am opening the directions. I'm, I don't always virtually, but a lot of the time, you know this, a lot of the time I'm calling in some form of elemental support or ancestral support. Very often I'm calling in the prayer, I'm opening with the four directions. And when I open with the four directions, my channel's open. Mm -hmm. My ancestors are here. They're supporting me so that I can support you. Um, in a group setting, I might be purging on your behalf. You know, I might be burping, I might be you know, if we're in person, I feel into when the energies are moving. Okay, it's time. I'm going to take my rattle. Who needs what moved? People know this, though, because I've advertised shamanic, right? So I might be moving things. I might use the drum. 
Mm. I, I might bring uh, my smudge feather. I might be, you know, there might be, we might be working on, I can feel a heart's opening and Christ consciousness coming forward. Okay, it's time. I'm bringing in the rose water and I'm, I'm spraying and sweeping rose water. So for me, you know, that's what I'm doing. If, if in a group session, something really needs to be moved. I will go and work on that person if they've given me permission. I'll quietly go in and come in and work on you. If they say yes, okay, I need consent always. In a virtual session, um, it's not that different. I'm, I'll open. Um, I try not to burp too much because the, <laughs> the microphones in your ear, that can pretty be unsettling. Um, but what's very powerful is very often in a virtual setting, it's right here where the ancestors will start to come forward. So virtual is different versus, and I'm speaking with my eyes closed because I'm, I'm seeing, um, in group it's visual and I'm feeling into the body of what I need to do. Virtual, I just quickly go into a space, even though I'm here with you and I'm 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 not leaving you and I've got my eye. I can I'm I'm feeling and I'm channeling more than I would have in an in-person group session. So usually I'll see the ancestors are coming in, they're here, they're helping. I might be channeling light code that might be coming forward. If it's heavy, deep, I might take a rattle out. Whether you hear it or not, it doesn't matter. The frequency is moving. Um, and I'm holding that space really deeply. And sometimes it's really like right now, I can feel my my altar is so active and I can feel myself going. Um, so it's, it's, yeah, it's however they're going to work with me in that day. If I'm not doing a shamanic breath work, for example, I, I did an inner child for, you know, if it's a non-traumatic breath work, none of that opens up. Mm -hmm. I don't open it up. It's just a straight, narrow breath work, which is still super powerful, right? Still super powerful. We're doing things, shadow work, inner child, that sort of thing. But that is how I, there's no, or I think somebody out there has actually registered or patented the name. So people can't use it really. I think, oh. yeah, I think I'm like, who does that? How, how, like who owns that? It's like saying, it's like pasta, pasta. You can't use pasta. Like who does that? Cause like shamanism is, uh, is, uh, you know, every indigenous culture yeah. is not one breath work. Mm, every human being, every living being that uses breath. I just don't understand how you do that. But anyways, I've been <laughs> sneaky enough to, to use it. But I do know some people are now putting it on their breath works. And I also know that they're not shamanic practitioners. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The nuance is important. And also that just goes to show, you know, the, the consumerization of it all, which I think it doesn't have to always, but it does a lot for me anyway, in my experience, take out the meaning. Well, it's the same as if you look at, you know, my concern is here, we've, we've legalized cannabis and we're, we're, you know, what we're doing now, psilocybin is welcome, but now we're looking at bringing that into that pharmacy style. Yeah. All of these plants have souls. 
the, the psilocybin was, is considered sacred children. That's a medicine, that, it's a medicine I work with personally. When we start to remove the souls of these plants, they no longer work, people. <laughs> so that's the same for all of these things. If we're not, yes, Tati, it all has energy. And if we're not honoring what this is, you know, that's, and it's the same as for us as practitioners. You know, if you're not feeling it, we shouldn't be stepping into it. Yes. Oh, I, <laughs> this honor piece, I think I want to ask you something about honor. Let me just feel into that for a second. Mm. How do we, in a world that is so detached and disconnected and all about that small rush of dopamine as we scroll yeah and and just one image and then next one image yeah. or one sound and then next how do we cultivate that sense of honor hmm. such a beautiful question again I, I cannot be an authority i can only share with you my experience and my feeling I feel that when we can connect into earth-based wisdom, and by that I mean when we can honor the elements, when we can honor Mother Nature, when we see that we are part of nature, we start to feel this balance or connection Therefore, if we see that we're part of something bigger, beyond this concept of separate, how can we not honor? Mm. Exactly, this is the prayer of unity. So if we start to see the, the tree as my brother, as my grandfather, we start to see the mushrooms as my babies. We start to see, you know, the owl as a, as 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 this the, this wise one, this teacher, this mother figure. Well, then we would never hurt or harm our brother, our babies, our mother. Yeah. So it's until we start to come into relation. That's the only way. That's mm. what I feel. Thank you. Mm. I feel in a big way that the world is undergoing this sacral chakra shift right now and cutting a lot of cords and shedding a lot of things that don't make sense or mm -hmm. <laughs> and in that we you know kind of go into the unknown into our shadow and mm -hmm. do what Richard Rohr calls shadow boxing you know yeah. what Brene Brown calls stepping into the ring it's yeah. all the same you know yeah. just going into that and that can be so tough and I think your medicine specifically you 
but also the this community that you're creating is so so important and divine for this time thank you and i wanted to just give a, a plug for you your your divine roots soul circle your free membership mm. um, how can folks join that thank you well you know how it came about. <laughs> <laughs> I have had a real struggle with the energy of Facebook as a platform. And, um, and so I really wanted to create a container where we can have these dialogues and talk about things and not be tracked and not be data mined. Um, and so we created that. And it's, if you go on my website, cause I, I can't, even think of what the actual link is but if you go on yourdivineroots.com on the navigation bar there is community and that that will get you in there and basically we've created a facebook style-esque um container uh but again you're not gonna get a silly ad for something you're not going to get tracked but you can create a profile and you can connect with like-minded people so we've only just begun it's like we're what two and a bit weeks so i'm still oh thank you erin i'm still um i'm still trying to get people to engage right now it's just me talking all the time but you know what i like it i yeah. feel good there whereas on facebook i would be like in I like get me get me the hell out of there. Like I just I just felt so uncomfortable. Um, Instagram I'm I do much better with, but there's still an element there. But um, that's what this circle is about. It's for me. It's creating a community in my own garden. It's connected into the so everything has a soul. Everything has an energetic signature. Facebook was not my signature, and this is my signature. This is you feel. I think you feel the soul of my business on these pages, and you feel the soul of me. Um, and so every there's a weekly blessing and medicine that you can go in. I'm trying to get those up there on Mondays. And so, you know, start your week off and receive my blessing. And it might be something small, like some smoke, or it might be a frequency or some Reiki or prayer. It's about light. And let's, you know, sometimes we are in the dark. Sometimes we are in the shadow. And sometimes we just need to be pulled into a space that's going to hold us hold that space for us, infuse it, transmit it, but there's not some sort of prickly, icky thing waiting for us the moment we're done, you know? So that is what I hope is going to continue growing. Um, and thank you for joining. <laughs> yes, of course, always. I'm like your number one fan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> although I feel you have a lot of those. Uh, <laughs> and for folks, uh, I did I did just put the, uh, the link in the, in the chat there and i'll put it below as well in the comments for um, everyone who's watching this on youtube um rebecca this has been so splendid i i don't want to stop i'm just going to give us like a little time check yeah, yeah. here and i do want to make space for the folks who have tuned in live to ask any questions or even just a comment and come on if you're comfortable with your voice being shared on the recording um if not i'm totally okay with reading out your comments as well and um I, I, yeah, I just want to kind of hold this space right now for anybody who wants to ask anything or, you know, we touched on a lot of different terminology that I think that I'm 
that I know and maybe Rebecca knows, but maybe not everyone knows. So uh, if anything like that came up for you, please ask. Hi, Bunny. Hi. Let me just put my other earphone in. Oh, this has just been so mind-blowing. Thank you, Erin. Thank you, Rebecca. Um, oh, what you said about Reiki and practitioners and neo-healers and neo-practitioners, it, it's so true. I, I also loved what you said about teachers and and you having a, a relationship with your teachers it's so important and mm -hmm. yesterday was my six-year anniversary for that and and yeah and and i'm finding my passion again i i lost it for reiki and yoga quite a while ago and i, and I never lost my passion for reiki i lost my passion for hmm, for people that appreciate it. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Because how many things have, have changed and, and there is no unity in Reiki mm -hmm. and people charge, they, they take such advantage of vulnerable people and they charge whatever they want. And it's really heartbreaking that there is so much, there are so many people that don't care and they do prey on on vulnerable people who are really desperate for help. Mm -hmm. So you brought up so much, and and I hope that everyone listening, you know, does a little bit of a a, a check if mm. they're doing this to people because it's really crucial, especially energy work and and from Reiki to to shamanic breath work your teacher has to and your your or your your guide has to care has mm -hmm. to be in it and has to know what the hell they're doing oh this is truth i feel so strongly funny everything you're saying this is why I, it's so funny we're talking about this erin because i i literally am in the process of developing all the content for this course that i'm i'm going to be doing because um, it's about integrity and 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 also humility right so people once we start going into this space you know and you see you're moving things or you're channeling things and you're like holy sh you know like oh my gosh but we can't let our ego get in the way whether it's Reiki or whether it's shamanism or whatever it is, we are just a hollow bone spirit is doing the work. We're not doing the work. Mm -hmm. And that's where the check needs to come in. Now, there's also like, Bunny, you know, we can, we, we as service providers, I stay away from the light worker language or healers because healers, refers to something's wrong with you. And I don't believe that. I believe everything is here. It's presenting because there's something for us we've been ignoring and we need to, to address it and connect with it. And our physical body is often the final frontier. Uh, where was I going with this? We as practitioners, service providers, we need to be resourced. 
the more we're resourced, the more we can give. So there is, you know, there very much is an issue around many of the wounded healers. And so we don't charge enough or we think we shouldn't earn anything. So there's this whole piece. But if you are not filling the cup, you can't give anything. So I do believe, and I've had to work through this. I've been, and I continue to work through, you know, my money program, right? It's an inherited program that I, I received through my ancestral line on my father's side. And when we start, you know, and so we can have scales of different things. You know, I have my, my sort of higher end price points. I have my mid range price points. And then I have my community work, which is a sliding scale. And then what's really important is if we are in a space in our practice that we now are earning an income, we need to have that karma piece. Where are you donating? So that that's what my whole next thing is. I'm now going to be any of my large big things. I'm going to be giving 10% of everything I earn to the land of the dancing deer because this is our virtue. This is how we lead by example. Unfortunately, we still live in a reality that requires financial exchange, right? So yes, we need money right now in this world and, and that's the truth of it, but we can choose to do good things with it. And we can offer different price points to ensure that all of the souls who are aligned to work with our medicine are, are given the opportunity to work with us. I still also offer, you know, when I know some, like very often, if somebody sends me an email and says they want to work with me, but they can't afford my, my session price point, I'm going to give them a discount. I'm going to work with them because I don't want to deny anyone healing. I also have learned the hard way, and especially during this year, during this global ceremony, it's one of the reasons why I stopped doing weekly breathworks. I was doing weekly breathworks for like a year and a half, I think, eh, Tati? And um, I was just burnt out because most people are doing that for free, right? So that's a lot of space holding. And we have to, the deeper we go in our path, the bigger our channels are opening, the more we're receiving, like we've got to maintain that upkeep. So we have to look after ourselves and our, my physical body when I am not looking after myself and I'm packing in too many clients, I am flat out. It's too much. It's too much, especially if I'm doing shamanic session after shamanic session after shamanic. Like I'm like, I need to get back in. I need to get back in. So it's we have to work through what is that balance, right? That balance. And Bunny, I'm speaking to you only as someone who's just started to understand that in the last two years. I was someone who wouldn't even, I wouldn't, don't give me money. Just let me support you. Let me do that. Don't give me money. So remember that money is the energy exchange for what we're offering. So we do need to have a fair exchange. And I've only just really learned that. And so what I had to work with for myself, and this is for many of, this is why the wounded healer is something that is very real. And if we are in service to other people, 
we must be committed to our path of constantly clearing any of the crap that we're carrying, constantly sitting with our shadows. For me, Bunny, and this may resonate with you, I had some serious issues around lack. I'm not worthy. I don't deserve to receive. And that is what many of us continue to move through. It's, it's one of the reasons why we're so empathetic. But as we start to move, as I commit, I'm like, I know I need to understand this program that's running within me. I, I know I wanted to step into this. I wanted to not have to have a job. I wanted to be able to really do this, not just in the evenings and weekends. I wanted to be able to help support my family with this work. And so I knew I needed to look inwards and, and, and do that work. You can't, we can't bypass our stuff, but this is a journey. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Thank you, Bunny, for sharing what you did. Yeah. Thank and you. thank you, Rebecca, for responding how you did. I think this is, you know, the money piece and the work of your Dharma and how you're giving back uh, karma. You know, there's that's, I think, another whole podcast. <laughs> Or maybe more. We could do like a whole like monthly workshop thing on that every month for probably years. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. I, I wanted to uh, give space to Tati. I know you're outside and probably walking. If you do want to share, the space is yours. And if not, that's okay too. What hmm. like I love what Bunny said about um, like there is like this new age stuff coming along and it makes it really hard. Um, and that's why I think I was so drawn like to some, for some reason to Rebecca was like when I first started doing the breath work is it was so different than any other thing that I was like exposed to like, and I've tried different stuff. Like I, it's not like I haven't, um, but like what I loved the what was so special was that it was really honored. Um, and I love that. Like, um, I'm actually reading a book. It's a native, um, it's an indigenous book. Um, I can't remember the name of it. Um, but it's like talking about, oh, it's called the wind is my mother. Um, and that's the newest audible that I'm reading. And, um, it was like talking about how it's like in the age of like healers and like non healers and all that stuff. And it's just like some people, I think what was touched upon was that, um, like in the book, it was like, you know, it's, does the ego want the power? Do I want the power? Or is it because like I open my channel and allow like a higher power to use me as an instrument? Um, and that's what I found is so beautiful with Re Rebecca's kept along this entire time. Like it's been the same throughout the year and a half I've known her was just the integrity has been kept. Um, the honoring of the medicine has been kept and, um, it's just been a beautiful journey. Um, so I like want to thank you both for this like podcast. It really was so eye opening. Really, um, I learned a lot. And it, Bonnie's so right. Like, there's so many times I've done Reiki, and I'm like, what is going on? Or like, I've left a session like fully blown. Felt like so not. I don't know. Just not. Like I don't know. So I think like there's a lot of going on, but in, you have to use discernment too. Like you know, um, I think discernment's key, very much key in the spiritual like community with like being online right now is just discernment it's like how does it feel in your heart 
How does it sit in your body? Cause you'll know when something's off. So, um, I don't know. I just, I just thought this was a beautiful thing tonight. So thank you both for letting me share. Um, I love you guys so much, so much. Love you, Tatiana. Thank you. Yeah, we love you. Thank you so much for that. I, Rebecca, this is um, such a beautiful honor to share space with you and to just chit chat about, you know, the, the things that come up in this world as we go through our own practices and our own disciplines. And I, I think it speaks largely to, you know, your course that's upcoming as well. Maybe that's kind of coming into the into the fold here. I would love to know, you know, let us know when your when your course is up is up and running because I can share with my audience as well. And probably I need that, you know. <laughs> um, I, I want to ask you one last question, Rebecca, and it's uh, something that I ask all my guests here on the podcast is what keeps you inspired? That's kind of a loaded question. You know, I felt weary yesterday for the first time in 15 months. You and I spoke about that. And I, I actually, I don't do lives very often. We know this, <laughs> but I went live to share that and to allow myself to be vulnerable because my, I am trying to embody the prayer of unity in what I do. And just my showing up in the world, my expression. And I felt weary yesterday just for incidents that have happened near where we live and what's going on in the world. And it just, it hit me. And what inspires me are the people that I get to work with or that are in my community. And just when you think, Erin, that... I could get, just when you think it's all for naught, just when you think that I'll just go get, you know, a Joe job. <laughs> I'll go and just do something that I don't have to think anymore. I'll just turn my brain off. You know, you get these emails or you get a message. You get, you know, someone who shares with you how they've been profoundly affected either by walking with me you know in in one of my offerings or if it's even just a one-off that they come for a session in person or they've listened to me or they've read something I've written and then they open their heart and share that with me that inspires me if anything it fuels me to not give up and to keep going I'm inspired by, you know, the eagle and the condor prophecy. I'm not giving up yet. And it may not happen in my lifetime, but I know I'll have been part of it, right? Oh, I'm gonna get, if we show up every day and shine the brightest we can, we are impacting others. That's all we can ask for. If we can be a ripple effect. 
Yeah, that's that's what inspires me is the fact that maybe just maybe I'll have done what I was meant to be here for in this lifetime. I'm just breathing that in. Thank you. Such a heartfelt response. Thank you so much, Rebecca. I continue every minute, every breath to learn from just listening to shutting up and just listening and just hearing what is, what the silence is saying, what you're saying, what our guests here tonight are saying what the birds and the wind and the ocean and water and trees are saying. And I, I feel, yeah, I feel my heart is overflowing. Mm. Thank you, Tati, for sharing that. I, oh, and thank you all for being here today and for listening and for tuning in mm. and being so engaged. I want to take a final breath before we close. If everyone does mind, yeah, we've shared so much tonight, and I would love to just settle in and, and close this um, beautiful gathering that we've just opened up for this past hour. And Rebecca, if you want to share anything, please do so, or if I can, mm, I can do it. You can do it. I'll just burn and yeah. Okay. Taking a deep breath here. <sighs> Letting go the past hour. Letting go of this day. Letting go of the expectations for tomorrow. Breathing in the light that we have within us. This beautiful blossoming and flourishing of ourselves where we are right now. And breathing that into the bottoms of our feet. Feeling it into the floor. Feeling strength to carry on after today, whatever else you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh. This has been episode 39 of Inspiring Insights and how inspiring it was. Thank you all so much for coming. Thank you to Juniper Naturopathic Clinic again for the sponsorship. It's great, greatly appreciated. And for folks uh, who are interested, I'm going to drop that link to the Summer Solstice uh, Virtual Retreat. I would love to see all of you there.